Welcome to the inaugural podcast of Common Sense Leadership with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Common Sense Leadership is an influencer podcast that will make you think, laugh, and act. Thanks for tuning in. Now let's join our host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Hi, welcome to episode three of this month's theme, Now What? From performative support to meaningful social change. I am so excited for episode three. I have as my guest today, a very dear friend, Nikita Green. She is vice president, leadership, diversity and inclusion at the Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. And what Nikita is gonna talk to us about is several things, but mainly looking at uh, social change. How do we affect and impact positive social change at what I call eye level? And so what she'll talk about is business models and some of the things that she's doing at the chamber. I met Nikita, I guess about five years ago, and I am hooked. I'm like chairman of her fan club. So Nikita, welcome to my program. Thank you, LD. I have to say it's mutual. I, I think I'm also president of your fan club. Well, you know what? I'm, I'm glad you're here because um, so many things that are being done uh, through the Greensboro Chamber, I would like for you to share with our audience. And before I have you do that, I just want to give you a little, just a little pub, a little press here, because uh, the work that you are doing with Leadership Greensboro, that's really where I first met you, is uh, doing the work with the Center for Creative Leadership on Leadership Greensboro. And so the thing that really impressed me about Leadership Greensboro is the diversity of your, your cohort. You had people from all walks of life, uh, ages and races, ethnicities and genders. So would you first talk a little bit about uh, Leadership Greensboro? And then I want you to talk about your leadership journey. So first Leadership Greensboro, please. Absolutely. Um, so Leadership Greensboro is a leadership development program here at the Chamber, and it is, um, it's what we call a community leadership development program. It is about Greensboro. It is in and of Greensboro in, in every way. Um, we bring together a cohort of about 45 people um, each year and immerse them in the community in every way possible for about nine months. And um, our goal ultimately is to make sure that uh, people who lead at work and at other places in the community um, know it as much as possible um, because leadership and learning are, are really um, indispensable to one another. Um, so ultimately what we want to do as well is to, to make sure that our city has an ongoing um, source of diverse leaders um, who are committed to serve the community, who um, are committed to serve as um, catalysts and sustainers of positive change in the community. Um, so in order to do that, we have to make sure that they, they understand it, that they know um, the community from a government standpoint, um, from a socioeconomic standpoint, um, health, education. Um, so it's, it's a completely immersive experience and you're right, it is, um, we very intentionally bring together very, a very diverse cohort um, and not just in the identity, in an identity kind of way, but it's important for um, nonprofit people to talk to uh, people who are in for-profit businesses, for people who are manufacturing, um, to talk to someone in retail, for example. Um, so it creates just a much more rich experience um, by having that, that diversity. You know what? I am just, I was impressed the first time I was asked to, um, to team on that program. And 
every year that I've been involved, I have just been so impressed by just the people that you've been able to engage. Can you say a little bit about how the candidates, how you pick the candidates, who applies and how that process works? Yes. So um, we do a recruit pretty heavily uh, for a few months before putting together the class. But when I came on board, one of the things that I thought was really important to make sure that um, we had um, a diverse community that represented Greensboro is I, I looked at the data, like what, what are the um, top industries in our community? Um, what are... Um, what is the identity of our community um, in terms of um, those typical identity kind of um, diversity markers? What what are we, what's our racial composition? Um, what is the typical age? Um, what, what are the ages in our community of people who are um, engaged in, the, in business? And so we looked at all of those things and came up with um, you know, the, a target basically. Is if in order for us to have a diverse class, we need to make sure that that we're, we don't have a class full of bankers um, or a class full of healthcare workers. That's a large industry here, but, um, but we were really intentional about creating like um, essentially targets or, or a ceiling, uh, so to speak, so, so that we wouldn't have a class full of one or the other. We didn't want all women in the class or all men in the class. So, um, so we look, we let that guide our recruitment process as we are review, reviewing applications. We know what are we trying to create? In the same way that you know if you want your macaroni and cheese to be really, really um, cheesy, but not oily, it, it, it's a certain Girl, kind of yes. Nick, Nick. <laughs> <laughs> It's my favorite food. Um, but that, that was kind of, that's a part of the process from the beginning is assessing that and looking at that every year. Um, and then we, um, we use that as um, a strategy for recruitment as well. If we find that we don't have enough uh, people from nonprofit industry, uh, for example, then we can target our recruitment in that way. And we do. So in that way, we get a better, not only do we get a large number um, of applications, but we get a better applicant pool to really choose from as well. And we're looking for people as well that, um, that have diverse um, background as it relates to leadership. Um, it is great to have CEOs or COOs um, or, you know, or middle managers, but it's also um, great to get that emerging leader as well who may not have a huge role in managing other people or decision making, um, but, it, but they're placed there at a place where they can, you know, with a little bit more development can get there. So it's Wonderful. all, it's, it's, it's a process. <laughs> I know. So, so one other thing before I ask you another question. Now, do companies or organizations recommend people or can just uh, LD off the street apply? Good question. It's it's both. So we definitely have, we've been around for um, 43 years. So we have a reputation in the community and companies are, um, they are looking at that every year. They know when our recruitment period is, and so they are recommending folks to us. That definitely happens a lot. Um, but we do information sessions and a lot of recruitment through social media to make sure that LD off the street can also come and apply as well. <laughs> We'd love to have right. you too at LD. <laughs> I feel very honored to be a, a part of that. So, so tell me yeah. and my, my listeners a little bit more about your leadership journey. 
Uh, how did you get, I know you have a, a long resume regarding the things that you've been doing in the community and other organizations and even in other communities. So share with us about your leadership journey and how you got to Greensboro. Okay. Uh, well, I'll, I'll say first, um, even before Greensboro, if you ask my first cousins, they would say that I've always been bossy. Uh, <laughs> so I don't know. <laughs> maybe, maybe it was always in the cars. But, um, but I, I would say, so my background is um, initially, and my initial academic background is in psychology. And I will say to me, that is a wonderful foundation. Um, professionally, I think it's a wonderful foundation for leadership. Um, but it meant that I worked um, a, a lot with people one-on-one -on -one and helping them with addressing their individual barriers and helping them to create change within themselves um, initially. So I had lots of years of working with um, people who were um, oftentimes struggling with something and trying to overcome um, barriers. So it created this wonderful foundation for me um, in, built, in understanding how to help people, how to collaborate with people, and how to help them get the most out of themselves. Um, and then um, I came to another organization, a human services organization, where um, really it's a unique environment in that it was um, extremely intentionally inclusive and in a number of ways. And so um, I was, again, in a position to work kind of with people on a, on a front line, so to speak. Um, but my um, my opinions were sought all the time for more strategic things, uh, which put me in, um, I guess, in, in the eye of our um, national director. And so, you know, I wasn't necessarily looking for this leadership position at the time, but I was with an organization and, um, and my director literally reached out to me one day and said, you know, I think you have great ideas about moving our organization forward and specifically your branch. So this was a national organization and, and we had offices at that time in five different states. And she reached out and said, we'd like for you to run um, that branch. And so that was after about 10 years of, um, of working with, you know, one-on-one -on -one with people and helping them to create change for themselves. And, um, and so that definitely was an amazing experience. It was an incredibly um, diverse organization. Our clients were very diverse as well. And like I said, it was, you know, it was an open environment. We were highly collaborative and it was always about the results that we wanted and not whose idea it was. Um, so I had an opportunity to really transform that branch. We had some culture, cultural, cultural issues, I'll say, um, at the branch. And um, it gave me an opportunity to, um, to work with our staff really side by side and create the culture that was best for us, most productive for us, but also um, best for our clients, the clients that we served every day. So it's a very high stress job and um, and so it was important that everybody was taken care of. So I learned a, a tremendous amount about leadership and how important communication is um, in leadership, how important it is to um, to seek feedback and to be open uh, <laughs> to that feedback um, and let that be a tool uh, for you. So when I came to um, the chamber, um, it probably for some people, it's like, this is an interesting background having worked in human services. But to me, it was absolutely exactly what um, 
what was so beneficial coming to the chamber and working with Leadership Greensboro because I was already used to, um, you know, certainly was f facilitating training and, and leading a team, but, uh, but I, was, I was used to that level of diversity and, um, and convening people um, who, in, in diverse groups. And so that was a huge asset, I think, um, to me, but I, um, I absolutely loved it as well. I love the synergy of, of being in spaces with people who think differently than me, um, because it always, that's what to me, um, innovation is born out of is, you know, somebody sparking a thought. And so Leadership Greensboro helped me to be, um, to really be a better leader because of, of that experience, the uniqueness of the experience. I was constantly being challenged to think and um, about something differently than before. Um, so again, um, just not necessarily looking for um, an opportunity, but um, you know, this year has been challenging in a number of ways. <laughs> um, you know, um, it's been challenging to us um, in terms of health, um, socially, um, but also racially. And so, we're a chamber of commerce. We're a prominent organization in the community, and we. Um, needed to respond. We have to respond, but we also wanted to respond. And um, one of the things that we did is, um, you know, our CEO brought us all together for conversations around what was happening um, after George Floyd, after um, protests, right, literally right outside our, um, our door in downtown Greensboro. And we were able to have open dialogue. And to, to be honest with you, um, you know, I was I was candid <laughs> in my feedback and my thoughts about our organization, um, about our community, and um, and I was concerned, you know, about whether or not I should be as candid as um, as I was. But I'm glad that I did because I think it also led to um, the role that I'm in now. Um, so you know, I had ideas about um, that I brought from other organizations and previous experience. I had ideas about how we could use that um, to make our organization better. And I think that it was a part of why on a, on a random Thursday, I got a phone call uh, again from my boss with um, the opportunity to to lead in a role that is unique. Uh, we haven't had a uh, Vice President of Leadership, Diversity and Inclusion before, um, and, you know, especially running these two different programs. So, um, so I think it's, I think all of that, all of what I've done and who I've been and what I've experienced um, um, allowed me to be candid in a way um, in previous roles and in this one that um, gave me the opportunity to be seen. And, um, and it's important, I think, too, for organizations to be open to that as well. Um, I do appreciate that that's been my experience, that I haven't necessarily had to go out and say, please do this for me. Like, please give me this shot. I've been very blessed to be um, working for leaders who, um, who are actively thinking about who is the right person for this role. So... Long story long. You know, no, 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 no. That was fabulous because uh, you, you said several things that really amplify what our theme is for the month, which is uh, now what? From performative support to meaningful social change. And I was just enthralled when you were talking about the atmosphere around uh, what was happening socially 
And also when your CEO brought you all and the entire team together and talked about what's going on and what should we do? We need to respond. We want to respond. And I think sometimes when we look at organizations, the performative support is there. We've got the Black Lives Matter uh, logo on our website. You know, we're saying some things about, yeah, we believe in equity, diversity, and inclusion, but to actually cultivate uh, an environment where where feedback is so important. And I, and I love what you said. I was real candid, and that's a really nice way of putting it. <laughs> uh, you said I was, I was very candid. And it says something to me, and, and I want you to respond to this statement. It says something to me about the leadership of leaders of Greens, Greensboro Chamber that they embrace that. And sometimes, not all the time, feedback can be tough. You know, I know that we say it's a gift. It's a gift. We want yeah. to really read it, right? Uh, but <laughs> to, to hear to hear candid. Uh, comments and feedback about how we are doing what we're doing, I think says a lot about the courage of the organization that made space for you to be who you are. So would you say just a little bit more about the environment at Leadership Green, I'm sorry, at Greensboro Chamber and talk about how that has helped you as you're working with other industries and businesses of all sizes there in the Greensboro area? Yeah, I well, so the interesting thing is that I think that until we had those um, conversations around race and equity, um, we were we happen to be a whole group of people that like to do the work. Um, you know, like we were really focused on the work and doing it well and um, being very community focused in the work that we do. Um, but I think we were so focused on the work you know, which makes sense. But I don't, I think that um, this is why um, you need to take chances sometimes. And I do think that our, um, you know, our CEO in particular is um, open to taking chances. And I think that's the important part is that um, you have to be willing to see what someone else might say or, or try this thing and see what you get out of it. And so more than anything, I think, um, that had we, had he not been able, willing to say, let's talk about it, you know, uh, I, and I, I will admit to you, when we first, we had our first conversation, I, I didn't expect it. And, um, and I was just raw, <laughs> you know, it was protest had just begun and I was just raw and I saw it in the faces of other, um, staff members who look like me, but had he not done that, we wouldn't have known that um, we wouldn't have known who we were as an organization, um, that we were willing to talk and have honest conversation. We just wouldn't have known that because we were so busy. We, we have so much going on. It's the Chamber of Commerce. We have so much going on all the time. We're so busy doing the work that how we had he not been willing to just jump out there and, and do something we hadn't done before. Like, let's talk about this really important thing that's going on in the community. Had he not done that, we just wouldn't have known who we really were. So honestly, I think it's what um, we got to know our, our actual culture um, this year, <laughs> to, to be real with you. I think this experience helped us to get to know who we are as an organization. Oh, I was just going to say, I, I do think the other thing is, um, is that we are, um, it, it is a work in progress as well. Like we are, 
um, as all of our organizations our organizations are, it is um, constant evolution, right? And so, um, so we now know who we are, and that informs how we move forward. But there still is move forward, you know. Um, there are still things that you know we'll have to continually do as well to keep our culture what it is, or and, or and, and to improve our culture. You know, uh, you hit on two things that I, I am really passionate about. And when you talked about your CEO, what I heard was psychological safety. You know, he gave the organization and gave the individuals and the organization that psychological safety to take some risks, to say that we need to do something else. And I think that is admirable. The second thing you talked about is, hey, we were into really doing the work. And sometimes I hear the argument, and I'm sure you've heard it from some businesses, hey, well, we got work to do. We got to make the widgets, honey. We got to get out here and make the donuts because I love Krispy Kreme, although I shouldn't be here. Uh, you know, we've got to make the donuts. And But the reality is, and you, you hit on this, is that there are only two things going on in any organization, any business, the work and the people. And we have to address the work, yes, but we also have to address the people. And that sounds like something that you guys have been able to do. And I love what you said too, about this is an evolution. It's, you know, it's a work in progress. We, we continue uh, to do better every day. We, we reassess, we look at things again and say, you know what? I could do that a little bit better. Or I have a friend that always tells me we could have said that better, you know? So we, we wanna be as candid as with each other, but also growing in the process and giving each other grace, which is what I heard mm -hmm. from you. So, so would you say a little bit more about uh, your work, uh, the, the diversity and inclusion work and how you're really doing that, working with uh, the businesses in the Greensboro area? What are you doing and, and how receptive have they been? Um, yeah, so this is all um, relatively new. Um, because most of us have been called to the mat, you know, this this year, um, it, it was a bit of a reckoning for us. And, you know, hey, I'm thankful to COVID for that, um, definitely for nothing else. But uh, for that, at least it gave us the space and opportunity to be at home and go, God, we have so much that we need to work on. Um, but uh, so this is a new work. But one of the things um, that we we have done this year as an organization is we had um, community conversations um, around policing um, and, and specifically as it relates to Greensboro, but we use the movie, The Hate You Give as context. So we watched that as a community and then had three different sessions where we literally opened it up to anyone in the community who wanted to be a part of those dialogues. And, um, and we had some education about some common language um, as it relates to race and equity. But then we um, we also just had, you know, conversation about um, what we can take from that movie, how it relates to us. So so we here we were this very diverse group of people talking about the talk, you know, that um, black and Latinx families have with, um, with with their children about engaging with law enforcement, um, something that I just, you know, never necessarily thought was possible um, in that context. But that was um, that was its own focus group in some ways, and then um, we went from that into some formalized training as a um, as a team and and with some of our governing um, boards as well. And we did training with the Racial Equity Institute that really informed um, 
us on what the problem is, um, a very data specific um, presentation of what the problem really is and how it is not about the fish um, in their analogy. It's not about the fish in the lake, um, but it is the lake that is the issue. And, um, and so that was, that set us up nicely, I think, to go into then next we had in, um, early in the fall, we had a, um, a staff retreat specifically with all of our staff specifically about race and equity. So we spent a day and a half um, having, um, you know, learning and having dialogue specifically um, about race and equity. Um, and in the process, we um, surveyed our staff to get, um, get the staff's take on what our climate is and our organization as it relates to those things, diversity and inclusion, not just as it relates to race, but, um, but as a whole, how are we doing basically? And, um, and so what I've been able to do um, in the last month and some change is um, use all of that that experience over the last few months and the data that we got. And um, and actually just this week, I got to present an equity policy for the organization um, to our um, to our executive committee for our board of directors. Because we're a nonprofit organization as well and our our um, board of directors, um, we we serve with them as well. And so we're gonna get their their feedback and um, and and also to make sure that we get their buy-in. So this is this is our chamber of commerce and it's our community and we need to be on the same page about what's important. So I, it has been for me um, not something that I expected when 2020 started uh, for sure, but um, but it's been tough work. Um, it's been a very difficult context within which to work, um, you know, with all that's going on. But it's also been um, already, though it's early, it's already been very rewarding being able to, you know, put a stake in the ground, at least um, as it relates to equity for the chamber. Well, you're wearing it well, so uh, let's uh, let's end with a, a, a couple of things. Yeah, girl, you're looking good. Um, how about giving us uh, uh, two calls to action? One, as an individual, what would you say we need to do as a call to action? And then uh, give us the last call to action for organizations or businesses. What you think or suggest they should do to help uh, create that meaningful social change? Um, as individuals, um, I kind of have shared this before with our team, but I think that we need to be in touch with um, not only our humanity, but we really need to get in touch with the humanity of um, our um, co-workers, our church members, the people um, at the grocery store. Like I do think that what happens when we get so divided and um, so rhetorical is that we um, we're not considering the human being. Um, you know, for for me, I worked in an organization before where about forty percent of our clients. Um, were um, a part of the LGBT community. And um, though I had not had that experience before um, professionally, I had um, friends and family members who I had close relationships with, but this was, um, that experience um, through work was very necessary because it's one thing to understand and love your 
your you know your bestie uh, or your family member but it is another thing to really understand a person's experience in the world and um and i got to i think through that experience i got to really understand especially working with transgender clients just didn't i, I had no experience no context um, personally with anyone uh, who's transgender prior to that work experience but it helped me to um you know, to understand um, that person as an individual um, and what their, the commonality in our experiences. And I just think we don't, we spend so much time in that like default brain and not enough time in our intentional brain. Um, and I, that would be, and it's super broad, but I would say I really would love for people to think about um, the humanity of the next person that um, like look for it, find the way that you connect, find the way in the way that you see yourself as a human, find that and look for it in the other person. Um, we deal way too much in platitudes, you know, and stereotypes and categories like we need to bring it down. Like you said at the beginning, we need to bring it down to eye level. Look a person in the eye and understand them. And I think that's that's just step one. <laughs> but I think that's where we all need to start and spend more time in. All right. What about two organizations um, and businesses? Uh, I would say that we um, need to be intentional overall. Um, if this is important to us, we have to know that diversity and inclusion in and of themselves and their definitions, it is about intentionality. And so um, we, one, can, as organizations, we can get primary data. We have customers, we have staff, we can get primary data from those um, from those um, kind of key stakeholders. There's a, um, a hospital locally that um, they had a listening tour. You know, over the course of the year, they in multiple ways, they provided every opportunity that they could for their staff of about 13,000, I think it is, to um, to tell them what they honestly feel about how the organization is doing, um, how do they treat their patients, how do they treat the, um, the staff, and um, and they made it as easy as possible as and, and created opportunities for them to be as candid as possible. So we, we can all do more of that, be intentional about gathering that information, get that feedback. Um, and and I, I would also say, um, much like I mentioned with Leadership Greensboro, it was important to survey the community. I can't help to craft an immersive experience about the community without knowing that. So if I'm gonna serve um, as an organization in this community, know the community as well be intentional about getting um, getting to know the community and gather that data um, from the community in which you serve and then i would say using that um, that research and that intentionality to um, to figure out how um, as an organization you can um, benefit the community as much as the community benefits you uh, but it starts with being intentional in your mission Wow. Guys, I hope you understand why I have just been like ahead of her, ahead of her fan club, because Nikita Green <laughs> is fabulous and is doing a wonderful job at Le at Greensboro Chamber of Commerce. I always say Leadership Greensboro thank you. because that's, that's the beginning of our relationship. Uh, Nikita, right. thank you so 
much for being on the program and thank you so much for sharing and so and for being so candid about the things that you've gone through and the things that uh, you're working with uh, working through with the chamber so thank you for being on the program and you know I'm getting a hat and a t-shirt mate I love Nikita <laughs> <laughs> Thank you so much, LG. <laughs> of right. course, the feeling is mutual. Thank you for having me. All right. Hey, guys, enjoy the rest of your day. Thanks for listening. Thanks for tuning in and for supporting me. I don't take your support for granted. I am both grateful and humbled. Join us next week for another episode. And remember to subscribe and ask others to subscribe. Go to our website at commonsenseleadership.org for more detail. Thank you and have a great day. This podcast and omni-channel experience is brought to you by the Walter Cates Foundation, the entertainment and telecommunication industry's leading national foundation dedicated to advocacy around diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we are proud to have them as our signature partner. We are very grateful for their generosity and for their support. To learn more, visit waltercates.org. Thank you for joining Common Sense Leadership Podcast with your host, Dr. L.D. Bennett. Visit our website, commonsenseleadership.org for more details. See you next week.